Chapter 57 Red Armor in the Rainstorm They were met with a sudden torrential rainstorm as they entered Yongzhou province. The group then had to take a shortcut instead of the main thoroughfare and rush to the designated resting place. Xu Fengyan's band of followers might be eager to serve but this spontaneous route change took a hard toll on them. The city gates to northern Yongzhou's Yingchuan county seat stood wide open. A horde of officials with various ranks had ventured ten miles out of the city, patiently waiting for His Highness's entourage at an inn. The civil officials were led by Zheng Hanhai, a pudgy sixty-something old man. The military officials had as their leader the vice commandant of the Eastern Division of the Royal Vanguards, Pang Yinshan. He presided over the county and had two hundred soldiers under him. The downpour kept coming, and thunderstorms echoed across northern Yongzhou province, yet at the eastern side of northern Liang, the rain was a mere drizzle. Xu Xiao and Li Yishan were sharing a carriage, flanked by two hundred heavy cavalrymen. The sound of hooves splashing through a muddy path could be heard, signaling a stately military presence. Opening the curtains to look at the mountainous terrain, Xu Xiao chuckled. Yishan, you don't have to send me off. Why don't you head back to the palace with Liu Pu? Li Yishan held his tongue and nodded. Xu Xiao smiled. I may be bossy, true, but I'm not a reckless buffoon either. This journey to the capital isn't about pitting my wits with those scholars and literati. Zhang Julu is that rare learned man who can actually accomplish great things. He thinks far ahead, and he's still young. Superb patience, too. <laughs> I can't sleep well before I see him for myself. Li Yishan nodded lightly. That time, there was an endless debate concerning you and Gu Jiantong. Who should lead the military in the capital as the sovereign's might? And who should be stationed outside to bear the infamy of being the second king? Against popular opinion, the late king placed you, not the more submissive Gu Jiantong, in northern Long. His was truly a heart befitting those words at the Tang Chao Pavilion, towering valor, peerless warrior. But by bestowing you an imperial painting to be displayed there, he just might be reminding you not to get ahead of yourself. Xu Xiao laughed. He was as great a man as can be, but just too obsessed with imperial succession tactics. Speaking of heart, you're biased. During the Battle of Gilei Cliff, did I seem like I'd rebel? How could the late king miss that? But he let 14 men from my old Northern Liang unit crash to their death in front of the royal court. Why? Because we were an eyesore, that's why. Li Yishan shook his head, saying, You're still not over that, 
Xu Xiao smirked. I never claimed to be some magnanimous saint. Fixing his gaze on the Grand Consul's expression, Li Yishan's tone was solemn. You're simply going to check on Zhang Julu's metal. Nothing more, right? Xu Xiao broke into a laugh. <laughs> Some just can't rest easy before they see me as a hunched and shriveled cripple. Look at him, finally on the throne after all those hurdles. Yet still, he hasn't had a good night's sleep. Tsk. I feel sad for him. Yishan could not suppress a wry smile. He was about to get off the carriage when Xu Xiao remarked, Yishan, you know, you might have won this latest round of the Ting Chao discourse. Li Yishan opened the curtain and said wistfully, I'll only accept it as a win if you come back alive. The Grand Consul gave a roaring laugh. <laughs> Fui, you think I care to die? Who can kill me against my will? Li Yishan perked up at once, bowing as he spoke. I sincerely beseech you to hold back on killing those bookish fledglings, sir. You killed enough of them during the Great Lawless War. Xu Xiao laughed. Oh, Yishan, your pedantic persistence is the last thing we need. Zhao Changling was much more tactful than you. Unperturbed, Li Yishan replied. Even if he's alive today, he still wouldn't get along with your son. Same headache. Xu Xiao drew the curtain and laughed it off. On a side trail along the Yongzhou border, Lü Qiantang was about to doze off when he suddenly stopped his horse and drew his sword. He could vaguely make out a standing figure at the end of the trail. It was the long-lost, red-armored runic knight.